The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. The moon, yeah. That's Hugo, tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with Progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's a burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. And this is Juvenalia, a podcast where we talk to an interesting person about a bit of pop culture that was important to them when we were young. Our host today is our first return guest Yes, ever. very exciting. She is the host of Nobody Cares Except Me and the writer of Nobody, Nobody Cares, Cares, which is out now and is excellent. It's Auntie Donahue. Welcome back. I had no idea I was your first returning guest. This yeah. is so exciting. We've yeah. had like guest return to be like co-host, but you're the first guest guest to come back as a guest. Yeah, so. that's right. I'm the best one you've ever had. So that's really great. <laughs> I'm just so excited to have you back again. It, we simply I, had to. Yeah. It had to be done. Also, <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're all having, we're all hanging out. I know for you guys, it's like dinner time. For me, it's lunch time. So we're technically sharing a meal together, even though I'm not eating right now. It's what, amazing. Neither am I. What would we be eating if we were sharing a meal? Okay, well, now it's cold. Like, I'm in Canada. I'm yeah. in Ontario. Okay. So it's fall. And so it's about 10 degrees today, All which right. is perfect. I mm. love it. But it's like cozy food weather. Like, mm. so I love fish and chips. So we'd probably be eating fish and chips. Yes. Perfect. Um, perfect. So I feel like that's a that's steak or a steak. Like, you know, like with some mashed potatoes. Just like a hearty mm. meal. Either of them I'd be happy with. Meal. Okay, I, had yeah, a, like, I was in Canada last month and I had a very strange meal. I need you to tell me how okay. normal it is. <laughs> First, I need to know where in Canada you were. So I, st- I was on a cruise and I stopped off in Sydney, in Cape Breton, Halifax, oh, and St. John okay. in New Brunswick. So that, Never been out there, but okay. Yeah, it's very nice. Very nice cities. Okay. But All right. in St. John, I had what was called Irish, what was it? Irish gratin. I'm already releasing. Sorry, no, no, Irish, I don't Irish, Irish, Irish poutine, Irish poutine. Oh, Irish poutine, Jesus! So it was poutine with a load of like mince and peas thrown in on top of it, and okay. like battered curds. It was right. It felt terrible. It felt <laughs> amazing, but also very bad while I was eating it. I feel that way about all poutines. Like I okay. can't eat cheese, so I always got like so right off the bat, I'm screwed, mm-hmm. and I'll have to like revert to like a no cheese. So then it's just fries and gravy. And then, like, this time, I went to Montreal last week. So I was in Montreal uh, for lunch on Saturday. And I we went and got poutine, my friend and I, and I couldn't have the cheese. So I ended up just having – it was fries and gravy and then pulled pork and then onions and then peas. But I don't know what – like, what – I think people just give it names. I, but then again, yeah. French people might be listening right now and live it at me and be like, <laughs> yeah. that's not how we do it. And I – can't help them because listen, I failed French, so look, I I'm very ignorant. It's just, like yeah. that. Um, I have a friend who's from uh, upstate New York, and they have a thing there called a garbage plate, which oh, is yeah, like yeah. just a bunch of food. It's like the way in Scotland they have the. I think they're called a munchie box, and it's like a bunch of disgusting takeaway food in one big pizza box that you can get mm-hmm. it for like. Uh, to share it's it's i think a lot of cultures have that kind of thing where they're like let's throw everything in one vassal and call it a name just a beige I box think so too. a beige box yeah, yeah. beige food it's yeah. it's traditional mm-hmm. 
Oh, I love beige food. I <laughs> it's like the best. Yeah. it's just my favorite. I also have like the most sensitive stomach in the land. So beige is pretty beige and green. Like those are my those are my we're good. Your preferred as food meal we, colors. Yeah, like some some fresh veggies and then something beige and we're good. But um <laughs> I have I went to a really lovely restaurant yesterday and they I had like red peppers in the thing. I was like, oh God. And I tried to have some and I'm like, you'll pay for this tomorrow. <laughs> and I kind of did. So I'm, I've just, I'm fine. I'm fine. Fine. I'm Irish and like, I'm the beigeous person and I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, guys, it's also heartbreaking. No, that is sad. I, yeah. I always eat stuff and it's like when I take money out of my savings to buy something because I'm stealing from myself. And I'm yes. I'm I'm putting myself in a bad position. It's so when I eat something bad for me, that makes me feel sick. I while I'm eating it, I know what's going to happen, but I don't care at that point. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and you're also like, I'll worry about this on my own time yeah. later. Leave Tonight me alone, we'll everybody. <laughs> right when I wake up ill, that's my own choice. <laughs> As a woman, I get As to a decide. Woman, <laughs> my body, my choice. <laughs> Will we talk about your today? topic? Because it's oh very cool. Mm-hmm. Let I mean, I'll let. Do you want to talk about it? No, I want you to talk. Yeah, about tell it. us. Like, yeah. let's start with the very first okay. time you saw Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Well, I was late to the party because it was PG thirteen, and I was eleven when it came out. So my parents were very strict about the rating guides. But by the time I did turn thirteen, I was like full into Jack Dawson mania. Um, mm-hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio was my boyfriend and I loved him. <laughs> and I was a little off put by the Shakespearean dialogue, but then the beauty of the fi- like, and not just of his face, but I mean like the film is a beautiful film to look at. So that distracts from when you're a kid and you're like, I don't understand what they're saying. I don't know what this means, but Oh my God, this is so beautiful to look at. Um, so my best friend, Erica and I, like this is one of my first potent memories of Romeo and Juliet. We were 13. We sat in her parents' room. They had a TV in the room because her sister was like mad at us for hogging the television all day. And we watched Romeo and Juliet and we lied on the bed pretending we were dead while we were watching <laughs> the film. I don't in like we truly it's like that 13-year-old like this is the most romantic movie I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Um I don't understand how like death really works. I haven't really wrapped my head around mortality, <laughs> but this is also romantic. Death seems great con- thanks to these movies, but yeah. like not real death. And then um, I think her sister walked in and was like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> we were like, like, "You wouldn't get it." <laughs> you don't understand. We're lying with our ha- like I like hands folded over our chest, like like in a coffin style <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> so like in repose. For in repose for a very long time. Like, do you remember whose oh idea it was? Yeah, Did who initiated the death? The like. I the... mean, I. You'd think it was me, but Erica <laughs> was like way more goth than I was, and I like to this day. I mean, she's like now married, having a kid on the way, and I'm more goth than she is. But she, <laughs> she's like having a normal life, and I'm like I'm in the arts. Nah. Um, <laughs> she, she was like like all black, like velvety, like so 90s in all of its like aesthetic glory where I was still quite awkward in like 1998, 1997. And so I, yeah, we would like, it, I think it was her idea to be like, look, 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 this is how I'd look if I was dead. And then I was like, oh my God, this is how I'd look if I was dead. <laughs> and then we just never stopped be- pretending we were dead for the duration of the film. That kind of teenage girl stuff is so common though. Like I remember being that age too and like, 
you like melodrama was like another food group at that point yes oh my god I like and I loved that's the thing about Romeo and Juliet it's like it's so over the top that if you watch it during like your coming of age years, you are so extra as an adult and you, there's nothing anyone can do about it. (laughs) I don't want to kill myself because some guy and I can't see each other like Romeo and Juliet, obviously. But there is that part of me now where like (laughs) if a guy that I like hasn't watched my stories, I'm like, Oh, you haven't watched my story. (laughs) Well, let's see how this turns out. Like it's almost implanted in me where I'm like, so in my head, I'll like put on Radiohead from the soundtrack and just be like, well, he'll see. They'll all <laughs> see. And I don't even know what I mean. <laughs> it's like it like, shows you how excessive emotions can be. So now you have that as like your baseline. Yeah. You're like, well, I, I, can, yeah. I can definitely go at least this this extreme. And I'm still in the realms of like film emotions. So yeah, okay. which is what you think is reality at that age. So you're sort of skewed yeah. until yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. Basically. You are. You, and it's so strange because like it's like you when you watch it as an adult. Like, logical you understands that this is a bananas story. Like, I mean, these are two teenagers that meet one time and know each other for two days. And, like, like, it's not, it doesn't, it's it's just, it's manic. It's unbelievable. It doesn't make any sense. But then the emotional part of you is like, I, I, yes, I too would die for Tybalt. Like, you're like, what? (laughs) I wouldn't. But everything they're doing, they're just like, God, it makes sense. Of course, of course. And then you get angry because that one kid, like, I I just need to have a moment to be like, when they, br- there's a scene, obviously, where Romeo's been ba- banished and he's in the desert. Oh, and great scene. They, they miss the FedEx scene. They miss, like, they miss the FedEx truck two times. But who in the, like, of course, how did you miss it? Like, it's the only car that's come in for, like, <laughs> I, I there's sometimes I'll hear the post office truck go past my parents' house and I'll just be like doing my hair in the bathroom and I'll be like, oh, the post office truck is here. Like, <laughs> I, what? How did you miss it? Like that, it riles me up. But then I think you're supposed to feel that way too. Like, I think you're supposed to feel desperate watching this movie. Oh, I think, and I yeah. feel desperate. Yeah. I think your body actually protects yourself from how harrowing the end of Romeo and Juliet is. Yeah. So I was watching it again last night. It's really upsetting. I forgot how close her hand gets to his face before he takes the poison. I like blocked out <sighs> how close they come to actually avoiding it. And I'm still like, no, they can do it. They can still do it. And they're teens. Yeah. Like I know that Claire Dane was 17 and Leonardo was 21. But we, in it, they're supposed oh, to be like 15, 16 or whatever. And yeah. and they have just, it's it's just a lot. But at the time, when, when you're like younger, you're like, there's like a, a certain weird romance in it, like the whole melodrama stuff, which is like completely unwarranted because it's really horrible. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. when I'm older, I'm like, this is a really upsetting story. And if I read this in a newspaper, I would be like shook <laughs> to my core. <laughs> yeah have a massive talk about it like, like i'd be what? like texting my friends being like guys did you hear i'm really upset did we ever do anything like this i don't remember mm-hmm. the think pieces would be next level oh god that'd be incredible on both sides i think <laughs> oh my god i know and i feel like what i what i like about this movie as well is that okay like if you're to compare it to titanic which i compare everything to titanic in my life <laughs> everything all the time um like the idea of like sensuality and sexuality in Romeo and Juliet is so much it's actually much more complex than Titanic where Titanic is like boy meets girl girl and boy like girls and fiance they like kiss he draws her nude they fuck they like get they fall in love he dies like whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like 
this is like, first of all, they're teens. So you really don't get a full on sex scene because it would be inappropriate. Mm -hmm. You see her like, like you see what looks like two teens doing, like, you know what I mean? Like there's a different vibe to the sex scene. And then you also have, oh my God, who is the friend? Who's Romeo's friend? He is also, he does drag. Mercutio? Yes, yes, yes. Yes, I love Mercutio. Right. And there's also that layer where you're like, oh my God, is like, he loves Romeo. Mm. And it doesn't, the film doesn't shy away from that. Like it doesn't make it seem like Mercutio is like, like he he's, it's like you, you almost are rooting for Mercutio. Like you're like, I would love if this happened. Like, this is amazing. Like it's so much more complex and real. And Titanic is just very like storybook. Mm-hmm. Titanic is pretty like heteronormative as well. Like it's, yeah. it's very like textbook. Whereas Leonardo DiCaprio in this film is a lesbian. He's like a lesbian icon to so many people that I know personally. Like his really? style. Yes. Oh my God. Like I was talking about it on I to some of my friends today and everyone was like, Yes, the shirts, the colorful shirts, the really good hair, the kind of because he has such a babyish face in it too. Like he's very yeah, it, pretty. Mm. So he looks kind of so just pretty. like he's kind of soft butch and it's amazing. Like nobody has he, ever been prettier than Leonardo DiCaprio in that armor shirt. That's oh like oh that's the best anybody's ever looked ever. Like And when he does when we first meet him and he looks into the camera to the Radiohead song. Mm-hmm. He's he's yeah. like I still have chills about Leonardo DiCaprio and he's changed so much and it's in such a different direction now. He, it's in the Jack Nicholson direction, which is like... <gasps> wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never heard it's it like, put so well before. <laughs> it's so it's so strange because, like, I I think he's hot. Like he, he has never looked better than in Romeo and Juliet. And I think it's because I was nervous Harry Styles was going to fall into the same realm because Harry Styles and Leo look very similar yes. around that age mm-hmm. bracket. But Harry seems to be, like, embracing like high fashion and like he isn't you know like he's not leading the pussy posse (laughs) and he's like take he seems to be taking care of himself in a way that like by this point leo had kind of stopped because he went through like there's woody allen celebrity and there's man in the iron mask and then like he finally becomes like a real actor in the early 2000s but like in this film it was almost like it's such a non-threatening like as a hetero woman it's such a non-threatening introduction to like your sexual awakening almost like there's almost no sexual awakening it's almost like like i want to kiss his face but you don't want to take off his pants like does that make yeah. sense Where's, it's all like, kind of Jack like Jack, yeah it's it's that it's a really it doesn't scare you at that age because sometimes like you know when you see a movie that you're too young to see and like a depiction of sex kind of freaks you out like yeah. you see it by by accident, like it's on TV and like you're channel flipping or and you see it, you, sh- you weren't supposed to see it. Whereas this is just like, it's all kind of implicit in the film. Like there's nothing really outwardly graphic or anything, but then it's your teen girl imagination that has to yeah. like think about what could happen, I think. So you're just like, well, I think it's like, they, first of all, they don't have sex until they're married, which is very interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Like they won't, they only kiss twice really like they kiss at the party and then in the pool and then they have a like very like hashtag tender post-marriage sex scene part i think yeah yeah and then it's but you all you get is like 
it's just like the sheets. Like remember, like the next morning where they're just like in the sheets. That and is then, so like, cute. I love that scene. Right. It's, it's so almost cute. like this like heteronormative introduction to like what like a sex scene could be in your own life. And like, I mean, Jesus, there's like some movies even now. I'm a grown ass woman, and I'll be like, holy shit, like calm <laughs> down. I'm I'm still scared watching. This. <laughs> Is, like, is this what's expected? Should I be talking to, like, the men in my life and being like, hey, I saw this thing. Is this like... I'm calling the police. <laughs> yeah, I don't like how intense... It, like, this is... You are... These are way too into it. This is... Give me the sheets. Give me the sheets back. <laughs> Make them into a parachute, please. Yeah, like, please. I like that he was also, like, had a shirt on. Like, it's too much nudity. <laughs> People are lying around naked in these movies. Jesus. Put your clothes on. It's done. The business is done. Get out. In and out very quickly. <clears throat> yeah, Jesus. But I, I do think like, yeah, it's very interesting. I think the way, depending on when you saw this movie, I think as like, and again, I really want to make this clear that like I'm speaking as like a woman who identifies as like hetero, cis, like I know that I am of like the highest like it's like me and white men are like the worst like we're i get it (laughs) i don't want to speak for i don't want to be like all women felt the way i felt but like this was my experience with the film it's like this it's the stepping stone almost from disney films to grown-up romantic dramas that makes complete sense like that's really good because it's like the costuminess of the fairy tale and all of that stuff but then there's like enough danger like it's quite violent and stuff in parts for yeah for a and, film. Then, and then you think though like beauty and the Be- remember how in beauty and the beast he gets fucking stabbed at the end like mm. what the fuck that's intense yeah it's or kind of like, just like a lot of death in disney movies too yeah and across like the board weird winks to sexuality like how the women always had like a lot of cleavage and you, like you know what i mean like there was sexualized parts to it but without the sex like where you're like boobs are out in this film like <laughs> mermaids in fantasia aren't wearing bras like this is like what the fuck oh fantasia so, is like a very horny film <laughs> it's just there's a lot of sex going on fantasia there's hippos as well I, oh the God, hippo. That true? yeah i and haven't seen fantasia in a long time the oh centaurs, my God, the centaurs. The centaurs yeah. go off and like have they like pair up and they're the, all just post-coital it's just a whole post-coital scene yeah yeah i don't know put put your clothes on <laughs> this is like i'm like little miss boundaries over here I'm like <laughs> Put on your pants. <laughs> Go out. Get this your horse McDonald's. pants. <laughs> Put your horse pants on. This is insane. Yeah, I've always like, I mean, I have a lot of questions about the sexuality of centaurs. A lot of questions. But that's for another podcast. I'll be on the, I'll be on the centaur <laughs> podcast. I feel like, like they're kind of there... very free. I feel like they don't let the boundaries of gender dictate who they hang out with. So yeah, they just seem to be very chill. It's too free for me. It's like people who go to a nude beach. I'm like, I I respect the shit out of this. Like, you go fucking do it. But I am not participating. I am too uptight and I am fine in my snowsuit on the pier. Like, I am very good. I'm fine here. Anyways. I, there's two also, types of people. There's a person who realizes they're accidentally on a nude beach and goes, huh. And the person goes, shit, 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 yeah, shit. Reverse, reverse, reverse. That's me as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just not I'm just not there and I'm fine <laughs> being square. I don't want I would never force my squareness onto another person um unless I was like dating him. <laughs> I'd be like, "Listen, <laughs> you need to be more square for me because I need I need a lot of squareness in my life." But yeah, I mean, I think another underrated feature though of Romeo and Juliet is John Leguizamo. His clothes amazing. are amazing. His wardrobe, right? his hair, he looks fantastic in this film. 
I'm going to say something controversial. Okay. The, the Capulets are so much hotter and well put to, more put together than the Montagues. Oh, they're so much more stylish. Oh, that's yeah. true. They're, they have like looks like L-E-W-K-S. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. as opposed to the other, the Montagues are a bit more ramshackle style-wise. Right? They're, they're like, like surf the bros. They are very surfy. And yeah. Leonardo, he's a Montague, right? Yeah. He, he can get away with it because he's so hot. But the other ones, I'm yeah. like, okay, whatever. You know. So, I remember yeah. being bummed out when I saw them. Like, no offense. If the actors are listening, I'm sure you're quite handsome in 2018. Like, everything is great. But I remember being, like, 13 and thinking, like, well, this is upsetting. Actually. It is weird I'm to like, think it's, like, here you're going to watch, like, this super sexy MTV Romeo and Juliet. And the first thing you see is, like, Jamie Kennedy with pink hair biting right. his thumb and yelping at people. It's Is that Jamie so, Kennedy? Yeah, yes. it is, yeah. <gasps> yeah. What? Oh, my yeah. God, what a big year for him. He was in Scream that year. Yeah. It was a real Jamie Kennedy moment. Who and was then, he in Scream? To... He was the nerd was... Randy who knew everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. What does he do now? I only know him. Do you want me to Google it? I'll Google <laughs> it. Yeah. Right His last like, major thing was like, The Mask 2, Son of the Mask. Oh. He was, oh, dear. He was Dad of the Mask in that. He wasn't even the, the titular character. No, it was a baby. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. I really haven't. I, I don't. I'm not familiar with. The, other, the mask extended the universe. Mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he is, he's 48 now, Whoa. which is, I mean, I, I guess like age happens. And yeah. um, he's filming a film called Roe versus Wade, which is timely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh. before then, it's all been like, like television, like The Legends of Chamberlain Heights. I don't know what that is. Um, Heartbeat. I don't know what that is. Um he was in Ghost Whisperer for a long time. I mean, his he seems to always be working, so I guess he's like doing his he's doing well. Yeah. But holy shit, nineteen ninety six! Oh my god! Like I, I have to think about this. I have to hang up and really think about this. Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I could t- like. I mean, what about you though? Like, what what part of Romeo and Juliet? When you first saw it, stuck out for you guys. I mean, for me, it was immediately like it's the party scene. Oh, and it's the, it's the fish tank. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The fish tank scene when they're looking at each other. Because I, when I was younger, um, I had a pretty like chaste teenhood, so it was always like, oh, I wonder what it would be like. Like I didn't like any of the boys that seemed to like me that much, and then there wasn't, there just wasn't a lot going on in that arena for me. And yeah, this film, I think I most was, teens are like that. Yeah, I think everyone thinks that their life is going to be like this crazy hedonistic teen party. And then it isn't. And you're watching yeah. Romeo and Juliet. You're like, where are any boys? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I loved it. I, I I think I saw it for the first time when I was like 14 as well. And I think I saw it maybe three or four times in total. But I love the clothes. A lot, of, a lot of what I like about it is how they all look and their style. Oh, my God. The clothes are like... The clothes are next level, except for when she shows up and tries to shoot herself in the head in, or she has the gun to her head and she's like wearing that business suit. It's like, girl, dress yeah. your, like this is not age appropriate. <laughs> Did she want to dress to be taken seriously at this time? Maybe. I don't know. It was a weird. And she had a beret on. Hmm. she did have a beret on their back they are back this season i just bought one today i bought a red <laughs> one and i'm really scared i don't know why i did it <laughs> but <laughs> oh God, i think i might i think i have like a i just bought a pink one i think i'm gonna <gasps> treat myself and wear like millennial pink oh like, full on. yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm drank the kool-aid but it's I a beautiful no, color I, it's the color of our right? artwork so, yeah yeah pink exactly. is great 
right? It's like very Miami. Hmm. But okay, now Alan, what about you? See, I didn't see it till I was in my twenties. Oh, oh. you're also weren't a teen girl ever. I was never a teen girl, no. <laughs> but the soundtrack here was huge. It was in the charts for like a year over a year, I think. Oh yeah, because Ireland's very like sheep indie country. at the time. <laughs> yeah. Sheep country, yes, but also everyone's like, Oh, class, the cardigans, do you know? Yeah, like the cardigans the cardigan song is in the film for about five seconds. But it's the biggest bop of all time. It it's is so good. It's yeah. so good. And the the Wanna Die song was actually our, our first dance at our wedding. Oh, was to that Wanna Die song. Right. Yeah. Oh my Did god, I didn't know you're yeah. married. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> it's a really cute soundtrack. What else is on it? The Butthole Surfers, though, which is weird. Yeah, Mundy is on there, who's Irish. Yeah. Mundy is like... Um, and Gavin Friday, he's yeah. Irish too. He's Bono's he's friend. Bono's friend. That's how we know him in Ireland, is he's Bono's friend. Yeah. I know Boyzone, um, but they're <laughs> not on there. They reformed. Did they? No, they did. West, Westlife reformed. Westlife reformed, yeah. but Boyzone have also reformed, but they're finishing their farewell tour to be like, goodbye for real this time. Yeah. Didn't didn't that man die though? Yeah, Stephen mm. did. He was my favorite. He died. He yeah. had like a heart thing. Yeah, was oh, that's really so sad. Young. Yeah, I was very into. Um, I mean, listen, if we ever going to talk about Notting Hill, that song from Boyzone is like, it's oh, beautiful. When you say nothing at all. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Ronan Keating. Keating. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. He died, didn't he? No, no. Stephen Gately died. Ronan Keating is I'm, like, I think he's radio presenter or something oh in london or in london yeah he yeah, used yeah. to live in australia for a while and he married a woman called storm mm-hmm. which oh, is a pretty cool name yeah her play to him listen this is just turning into the irish people that we like podcasts and i love it well, because <laughs> i mean we don't what have a structure and this is what happens yeah um, well that's it who needs a structure no, it's boring nobody not cares mm-hmm. alan do you need one mm-hmm. no i'm good okay um one thing I find interesting is that Leonardo DiCaprio spent most of his early 20s in tanks of cold water on film sets in Mexico. Yes. Uh, between that and Titanic. That was like... Um, and I, I've read... I was watching the special feature on the DVD. So I owned a DVD and it was like a very... I felt very retro watching a DVD yesterday. Yeah, I feel like DVDs... I also own it on DVD. Yeah. Launching a film even... from a men- DVD menu feels really like... That feels old. Yeah, it's like a throwback thing. Last time I watched a film on DVD was my favorite Christmas film, Carol. <laughs> I watched that last Christmas on DVD and it was because I wanted... Oh, it was actually Blu-ray, so it's not even as old as DVD. No. Forget it. Forget it. Um, but Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio looks great when he's like in water. Yes. For a, he's a, he Yes, he does. That's perfect. He's just really like... He's a really good vessel for teen thirstiness that doesn't know what it is yet. Yeah, I think, did you say thirstiness? Yeah. I think you're right, because it's like, he's so, I mean, and Bob's Burgers makes this really great joke, I think, or no, so Simpsons, sorry, um, where it's like non-threatening boys magazine. Absolutely. He really (laughs) is, like, until, I remember the man in the iron mask and being like, fuck, what the fuck is this? Like, this is not (laughs) the man. Where are you? What is his facial hair? hair Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like like that. His eyes got smaller. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that... Yeah, which is happening. They're getting smaller because he's turning into Jack Nicholson. He's turning into a real actor to capital letters yes, on real yeah. actor. Uh. So he doesn't need to be hashtag pretty anymore. But he did get pretty for Gatsby and he got pretty. He was pretty in Catch Me If You Can. Oh, Catch Me If You Can. Mm. He's so dapper in that film, too. And Tom Hanks is in that. Yes. So you get two great people in one film. I love Tom Hanks in anything. Oh, my yeah. God. I love Tom Hanks. Like, he makes me feel safe. If I ever <gasps> find too. out there's been a... Right? If I find out there's any allegations of him in any way doing anything, I will fucking die. Like, I think I will that's just my worst one. Yeah. I think yeah. I said that to you before, whereas if I found anything out, I would 
honestly be heartbroken. It would be the biggest betrayal. I'd be of like all of them. Kevin McAllister from Big. No, right? No, mm-hmm. he's my no. cool uncle, and apparently his short stories are really good. He's apparently really yeah, good at writing. His, and his son Colin is like really cool too. Oh yeah, and then there's Chet. Chet yeah. Hayes. Oh, yeah. oh. I wonder what Chet's oh. up to. I think he's like. Maybe he... I don't think he's rapping anymore. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's, that's a positive he's, move. He's going to make a podcast. It'll be about Tom. It'll be about Leonardo DiCaprio as well. It'll be very interesting. Mm. Um, Hi, Fashion Hotline. Hi, after this long winter, my family needs a style pick-me-up for spring. Get to Old Navy. Old Navy. Yep, spring's first big sale is on now. Pick up fresh styles for the family from just $5, 10 and $15 with tees and tanks from 5 bucks, kids' shorts from 10 bucks, and jeans from 15 bucks. Whoa, styles from just 5 bucks. That's right. Plus, get 50% off swimwear and buy online and pick up in store for free today. Now that's a real pick-me-up. Get to Old Navy and OldNavy.com now for spring styles from 5 10 and 15 bucks. About 318 to 326 in-stores. Select styles only. Excludes licensed and in-store clearance. Speaking of Leo, again, though, I for- before I forget, um, did you know that he and Claire Danes apparently hated each other during the filming of this? No. <gasps> she hated him because he wasn't serious enough and didn't take it seriously. Uh, that's not shocking to me yeah i feel okay i heard i was listening i was reading stuff today and i mm-hmm. heard that the rumor about them hating each other was actually because they had a thing for each other and were too kind of freaked out to talk between takes so that's why they didn't talk so what is the oh truth okay now i was watching the behind the scenes stuff last <laughs> night and there was shown them rehearsing the swimming pool scene mm-hmm. but in an empty swimming pool where they were just pretending to swim and mm-hmm. claire danes was wearing like a hoodie and like stone khaki combats which is very relatable. Great. Mid 90s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I was wearing. Yeah. Um, but they go in for the kiss at the end and he like does tries to do a joke and kiss and she like pushes him off. I was like, oh, she's like 16, she's nervous. But also maybe they didn't like each other. Oh, I don't know. I hope it was the thing that I think. But like but um, I, I don't know. Leonardo DiCaprio like went flew himself out to Australia a year beforehand in coach to like film scenes on video with Pazerma to see if it was actually ridiculous or not for him to be speaking Shakespearean stuff. So I feel like he was taking it seriously pretty early on. Yeah, maybe he just likes know. to have fun on set and, and like maybe she's very much like put the head down and get shit done. Oh, maybe he's a classic Hollywood prankster like George Clooney. Maybe he's oh. pulling pranks left, right and center. Yeah. Yeah. Regular I will prank say boy. she does not seem like someone that would enjoy a prank. She does like no. she just mm. does not. I just keep thinking I've... of her homeland character and I'm like, whoa, oh, no. Right? She doesn't want to be surprised. <laughs> Well, a friend of mine, um, so, okay, so she was filming when she, so she was on Homeland and then Hugh Dancy was in Hannibal and Hannibal filmed in Toronto and they lived around the corner from my friend. And one time we followed Hugh Dancy to their house Don't worry about <laughs> it. and then another time a different friend was sitting next to them at Taroni, which is like this really great Italian restaurant in in toronto and then like and even at lunch my friend was like she seemed just like serious like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i feel like claire danes is a serious person like yeah. she's not about to like like where you know how you see behind the scenes of like kate and leo and titanic and they're like goofing play around. fighting and throwing ice at each other mm-hmm. yeah i think claire danes would not like any of that she'd just be like what are you doing some people are serious um while I don't understand them, I respect them, and I'm kind of afraid. Yeah, because I I want to be. I'm only serious around people I hate, and then I'm seriously mean. <laughs> Just like very icy, and then the rest of the right, time, like you're a clown. I'm kind of the same. Yeah, it's like I'm a nice queen if I if I hate you so much, but like 
I wish I could like just roll on your podcast and be like, I have come up with these intellectual answers and here we go. But I can't like, instead I just keep going on about like pretending I was dead. Like what? I can't, it's over. But that's better. It's yeah. more interesting. We could get like a film theorist to come on, but like I could also just read those articles myself. That's not the vibe, you know? Yeah, we could just read yeah. the Wikipedia article for MTV style editing if you want. But I mean, it's more interesting oh to hear about like your lifelong <laughs> obsession with Leonardo DiCaprio. Because like you I used mean, to include like GIFs of him in your newsletter as well. So it's like, yes, still going on. Yeah, I used to include more GIFs of him and by more, I mean any. Uh, because <laughs> for some reason I use like it's such a stupid thing. I use just like Chrome and you can't like, and for some reason I can't upload GIFs in Chrome when I use tiny letter. And I'm like, I always forget. And then I get to the end and I'm like, well, I guess the gifts are gone. <laughs> like, we're not going to be doing gifts anymore. That air is but, over. Like, okay. Uh, fun time. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I just have, like, such a weird... Somebody asked me at one of the book events I did. She was like, what would you... Like, what are your feelings about him now? Like, now at, like, 33, blah, blah, blah. And I was oh, wow. like, okay. So, it's like, clearly, I'm way too old to date him because he's dating a 20-year-old woman. So am I. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're also dating a 20 year old no <laughs> oh i'm too old for him too and i'm 26 you are too old i'm too and old also the, the girl he's dating her mom is dating al pacino and there's like a 30 year old difference there too so oh. what it's a, clearly they're all down with older dudes which you know rock on like live your life so the thing is i'll never ever be seen as like a sexual object to leo because i'm elderly to him so my new relationship <laughs> with him because i'm also like you, too much has happened. I can't date you, but I want to be like that friend that he's like. I don't know if I love her or if I'm in love with her. <laughs> yes. Like, but she she'll always give me her opinion, and I'm kind of afraid of her. And then one day he will confess his love, and I'll be like Leo, like we can't. And he'll be like pining, like yeah, that friend. Like he's like I can't believe, like he's intimidated love- by you, and he's confused yeah. by yeah. you because he's never felt yeah. this way and never will about anyone else. That like a correct. really like one-sided when Harry met Sally where you've had a relationship with him for years yes. yes, and now and he's invested way more into it than you are and mm-hmm. you don't really realize how much of like how much fervor he has towards you and you're yeah. like no he's just my friend <laughs> right I'm like it's just cool that he gave me his like Romeo and Juliet button up like it's great um, I've given it to my boyfriend Harry Styles so that's fine <laughs> I feel like Harry like Styles him. would like date all around the age like I feel like you'd have way more of a chance with him than, than you would with Leo. I feel like if, if I found I, that he was dating Helen Mirren, I'd be like, huh, good, like, good for yeah. both of them. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I feel amazing. the same. I think there's something, I mean, obviously I don't know Harry um, yet, but I feel <laughs> first like name there's terms, something. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, like, like there's when, something. When you're a directioner, it's first name terms. Oh, okay. Um, naturally. Mm-hmm. I feel like once you like actually think about like his music and his persona and blah, blah, blah. He actually seems like a pretty open book and pretty stand up person. Like I've never mm. read anything like at this point, when you find out someone is a piece of shit, it's pretty clear. Like Liam Payne seems like an asshole mm. and like Louis seems fine. I mean, he's trying his best. Yeah. And like Zane seems like I, if I hear he, I'm like concerned about Zane, like where I think something might be going on over there. That's not so great. Mm. But like Harry seems like very, his friends are like in their forties, like James yeah. Corden and Ben Winston. So I feel like he would be like, at the very least, my best friend in the entire world. <laughs> and as well, he really loves and respects his mother and sister and talks about it all the time. 
So and his I mom think- and I have the same name. <gasps> well, I mean, <laughs> what more do you need? If if that doesn't scream, let's begin a friendship. I don't know what does, and <laughs> I'm not even going to bother looking into it. That's why all of my friends are called Teresa. <laughs> Every one of them. But yeah. I know all of them. Every single one. Yeah. If you went up to Harry Styles and said as a joke, "Haha, we're friends now," because my mom, my name is the same as your mom's name, he'd be like, "Oh, that's funny." Like he, he would actually <laughs> yeah. like be game for a laugh. Like he wouldn't yeah. be dry. I don't think Leo is funny. Oh, I don't know no, either. Actually, yeah. I think he probably laughs really loudly at funny people. Like I think he could, him. but I don't know what his sense of humor is. I can't sense it. I can't get a feel for it. I feel like Leo is one of those guys. It's like, I love funny girls, but he just means he wants the girls to laugh at his jokes. Yeah. I want girls mm. to appreciate my jokes. That's what they yes, mean when he, they say that. And his, yes. And his jokes are like him running around in cargo shorts with a water gun. And it's like, this isn't funny. And I hate what's happening. You ruined and my dress. Yeah. You ruined it. Yeah. And you're a grown man. You're a grown <laughs> man. These are just the things I think about. Do you think literally he's nice to waitresses? Every time to- yeah, like, maybe, maybe weight, too weight nice. So it's weight stuff in general. Oh, weight stuff, I think, yeah. yeah. But he's probably like not trying to be overly nice because I think he doesn't want to be like one of those people that people think pretends to be nice to get in like articles about they left a really nice tip. I'd say he's just generally pretty sad. Like he's close to his mom too, so I'm sure that he's decent. That's like my barometer of decency. <laughs> I'm like, do you care about your mother? Yes, he does love his mom. And mm-hmm. his mom's like a feminist artist, which I'm so, that's why I'm so like, how are you like this? Like with women, because your mom was like a pretty like hardcore, like commentator on like social and gender norms in her work. So it's like, maybe this is like that overcorrection. Mm-hmm. Like when you date somebody and then you, you're the next person you date is the opposite too yeah. much of the other people. And you're like, Oh, okay. You've overcorrected. I give you like, it's not going to last, but good luck. I think it's like when people find fame, at young ages it, like whether you're a teenager or in your 20s and stuff you there are parts of you that probably calcify at that age and stay that sa- the same the whole way mm. yeah okay that's interesting you said that because I once read and I feel like I read it in an actual good source and not like me <laughs> just reading it on someone's Facebook page but um the thing was it, you, the age you become famous at if you become famous is the age you stay at because you can't grow anymore really past that because you have to always be that persona because that's how you've gotten to where you are that would make sense to me like that seems accurate it's like when child stars have all those weird issues because like they were famous when they were like nine and then they get older and like they still don't have they still have like the discipline of a nine-year-old so then you see them like doing all this crazy stuff because they can and it's easy it's like eating a lot yeah. of chocolate, but instead it's like cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I'm very happy that I had the most like, like I got to suffer in silence and anonymity for like all my 20s where you're just like, I'm just going to be a mess over here in this corner as opposed to like, a me- like those people that are like, I'm struggling very publicly. Like then that's, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. No. Oof. Leo has never struggled publicly, though. That's also interesting. Yeah, he's pretty private. Like, I mean, he gets mm-hmm. pictured. He's fine getting pictured with people. But, mm. like, you don't really, like, he doesn't really give, like, a, a a look inside his mind interview, like the shitty Johnny Depp one that they did a while ago, you know? Where yeah. it's, like, a profile and it's, like, a sit down and, like, they talk about what he eats and, like, where he likes to go bringing his dog for a walk. You know, that kind of stuff that they do sometimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also think it's... um. 
I always say, like, I always think it's interesting. Like, I don't know why I start every sentence that way because I really don't think that many things are interesting. But I feel like we get sometimes a glimpse of real Leo when we see him engaging with Jonah Hill. Um, because there's that tape, that tape, yeah. that tape. Hi, I'm literally from the 90s. Um, there's that video where he pretends to be a fan rushing up to Jonah Hill, and I've Jonah never Hill doesn't know right away. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. And you're kind of like, okay, maybe you. Maybe you're funny with your bros. I don't know if you're funny with women. Yeah. I think you're funny with your bros. And by bros, I mean like some of them, I'm like David Blaine. Like he's friends with <laughs> David Blaine. Is he still friends with Toby Maguire? I hope oh so. Oh my God. Didn't they yes. resuscitate the posse when Toby Maguire got divorced. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jennifer yeah. Meyer got, yeah. Yeah. Also, what I think is interesting is that did you guys watched Mad Men, right? Yep. Okay. Do you know Stan? Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was in the Pussy Posse too. Really? Yeah. So What's like a, the actor's a name? Peripheral again? member or um, I don't remember I don't know his I'll real look name because he's like yeah, the English Jay guy in the something, I think. Oh um, and he had a fight with Jessica oh my god, Jesse Spano, um, whoever played Elizabeth her. Elizabeth Berkeley? Yeah, her boyfriend. Wow. There was like a fist fight or something <gasps> like that. He like punched him in the face. I love You're that welcome. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. You know what else I need to ask you about? Um, yeah, it's crazy how this film uh, in the '90s was a film where Paul Rudd was like the shitty guy, right? Because Paul Rudd in Clueless is like the cutest. Like I love Paul Rudd, like mm-hmm. in in like many weird different ways. But like well, him and Leo together, there's like no competition in that particular film. I think isn't yeah. That's interesting. That it's again, I'm fucking at it with the interesting points. <laughs> I think it's it's cool that a we begin to see like the launch of Paul Rudd thanks to like clueless in this movie. Mm -hmm. But then in any other film now you'd be like, yeah, he's objectively good looking. He's charming. He's sweet. Like you want him so badly to date Cher in clueless. Yeah. And he is such a zero in this movie. Like he's not even, I would, it's like he's, his handsomeness is just, it's annoying because he knows he's handsome and he's a loser. Like, he's a, he's not cool. No, he's, he's not He's tragically cool. yeah. uncool in this movie. In the dance scene where, uh, where he's dancing with Juliet. Uh, watching the astronaut him, watching, suit? Yeah, watching him now knowing that he's Paul Rudd. Yeah. If you just watch him, he's in all these Paul Rudd things that he does now in films. Oh, it's really? It's so funny. All his little, like, facial tics and yeah, stuff? Yeah, he's doing these weird little yeah. laughs and moves and it's just, it's, watch it again knowing that he's I will, I will. 2018 Paul Rudd in your mind. Oh, uh. It's great. He's never off it. He's yeah. always there somewhere. I love Paul fucking Rudd. Yeah. What the fuck? I mean, he also hasn't aged. Like, he's obviously he's doing like something nearly right. He's 50 years old. I know. And he what? looks 30. 35. I'd say 35. And he looks great since he was an Ant-Man. He's like super buff now. Mm. And he owns a sweet shop in like I Javier mean, Bardem or something? Or no, Jeffrey, is, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He? They Are own a sweet shop oh in God. like upstate New York. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Imagine going in Bless and the two of them were there. Yeah. Oh, what a dream. That would be to like roll in and be like, oh, hello. <laughs> Just pass out. <laughs> That'd be fine. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Anywho. Sorry. I feel like I've hijacked our conversation no. today. No, it's like your conversation. Ba- yeah. I mean, I'm in the, now I'm going to open the floor to you guys. What do you have? Like, and do you have questions, comments, concerns about what you do I'm trying to think if questions. Hmm. Oh, I have one. Oh, yeah, you go. Do you think mm-hmm. the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio died in Romeo and Juliet and Titanic made him hotter because he never <gasps> aged and was like always perfect? Um, I think it made it. I think it created an emotional bond between 
the viewer and his characters mm-hmm. in a way that like you romanticize him immediately. You romanticize him in Titanic because he saves Kate Winslet by not going on the door, despite the fact that both could fit on. Mm-hmm. And in <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, again, he dies because he's so dedicated. So you kind of have this at like, you can't immediately, you won't see his flaws because in Titanic, it's insane that he is, a homeless drifter who has no money and no place to live. He's a scammer. Like mm-hmm. he's a scammer. He scams his way into first class. <laughs> Number two in Romeo and Juliet, he's got an incredibly frightening temper, and he's super, super, super impulsive. And like, if they wouldn't last two weeks if they actually tried to date, like they just wouldn't. No. If you actually think about it. But immediately, because it is so over the top and they die, you don't have any, like, their characters immediately seem perfect. Yes, completely. I have a question. Do Uh you think that a version of Romeo and Juliet set in this era would be good? Like, teens of this this generation? I don't know. No, and, like, we're going to overlook the Haley Steinfeld, Douglas Booth one, right? Oh, absolutely. I don't, like, that's not applicable. Right, like how dare it exist? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who thought of that? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, listen, Douglas Booth is very handsome, but he's not Leonardo DiCaprio. No. Also, is he a good actor? I don't know. I can't tell. He could just be um, very handsome, like Henry Cavill. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Henry Cavill. But then he turned out to be such a disgrace. At yes. least yeah. Douglas Booth is dating Belle. Belle, um, what's her name? She's Irish. Belle Pulse. Belle. Um, Crawley or something. I don't know. She's cool. Okay. okay. She was, yeah, they're like a cool couple. Like, she seems so cool that I'm like, oh, well, then you must be cool if you're mm-hmm. like, he must be cool if she's dating him. So I, all right, fine. Um, I think today it wouldn't be able to happen because of cell phones. Mm-hmm. Like, he'd just text. He'd be like, fine, I'm leaving, but I'll just text you later. <gasps> oh my God. That's yeah. so true. It would just not be like logistically able to happen. Yeah, like, even, yeah, there would, or I'd be like, hey, I'm going to fake my own death. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Winky face, smiley face. Yeah, like, it would be immediately, <laughs> yeah. like, or you, he'd find her on social media. <gasps> like, yeah. he'd see her at the party, and instead of, like, going back and be like, who are you? I love you. Oh, my God. He would add her to Instagram. Oh, my God. Yeah, he'd just look at, like, he'd find a picture of her on his friend's thing and, like, look and see what her tag was. That's yeah. That cool. It's like everything is so easy now. That's what I mean. I mean, listen, not that I want teens to walk around. No. Killing Um, themselves for love. Please don't. Also, it's not real love. Like you're just, you're a teen. Like I thought that I was going to marry the skateboarder guy. Yeah. Yeah, Like, please, Jesus, like my (laughs) Lord, it's not worth it. Um, And not that, so I would never want to romanticize that in the way that I think this does a little bit, like that does a little bit, like it does a bit, like when you're not the, it's and like that that's that's can be a date it's an old story but it's like the way they do it in this movie like what it's weird that my friend and i thought it was romantic to look dead yeah mm-hmm. but that's such a thing especially when you're like a teen girl there's so much of that where you're just like it's like despair is like hot somehow i don't know it, I yeah can't it's explain like it. being over the top is 
I don't know when, when you're a teen, like, cause you are over the top and feel over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see hot people do it correct, like do it in films. You're like, and like that. Where, yes. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm just like them. But it's like, no, there's a story and an editor and there's yeah. like a soundtrack and there's a costume budget. They got and, paid. Like, <laughs> they got, paid, they to got paid to pretend to do that. Like in real life, they're not doing that at all. It's, but it's like, it's that outlet of being like, okay, this gives me permission to feel over the top too. It gave me permission to feel like dire about things because you're like, when you're a teen, you also feel super alone and you don't think anyone else feels that way. So then you see it represented and you're like, I also feel absolutely bananas. And um, now it's like, okay, so when you feel that way, talking to friends or family or a therapist is useful. Don't marry the guy you met two times and do a fucking Romeo and Juliet blood pact. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just like lay off the blood pact. Don't go directly from zero to a blood pact. No, I mean, right. my wife and I started going out when we were 16 and 17 and we're both alive. Oh my God. So good You're for both you. Alive yeah. And yeah. Neither of you like ever had feuding families or. No. That's cool. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. You're kind <laughs> of like yeah. booking the trend there. It seems. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> I'm proud of you. Thank you. Tell <laughs> us about your book. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. It's a book. Can you believe it? I, know, I can't. It's it still feels fake. Um, it is a book about myself. It's all essays. And then like the themes are basically like everything from like failure to work to mental health to alcoholism, all that fun stuff. And then there's like between the heavier chapters, there's funny lists, but not like the kind that are just like one word per list. Like things like things I hate and then very probably overly lengthy explanations of why I hate cheese. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I hate cheese. It's disgusting. Do you really hate cheese? I hate cheese so much. It's disgusting. It's, it's awful, isn't it? Like, what? do you know what it is? I, I just, <laughs> I don't understand. I've never really liked it. I don't like pizza. I don't like anything with cheese touching it. Any hint of cheese and I'm out of there. I don't like, I, even when I was a kid, I would have it, I would tolerate it on pizza Yeah, and I would tolerate it in a grilled cheese cause you have ketchup and stuff. And I would, if, if you sliced marble cheese so thin, I couldn't taste it. I would like it. But other than that, I'm like, this is bad. I don't like the taste. I don't like the smell. It smells like feet. Ugh. Let's be real. Um, yeah. So there's stuff like that. And then, yeah, I mean, it's such a weird feeling though, cause I work on the internet, right? Mm-hmm. So everything I do feels so temporary. It's, which is a really, which is why I'm glad I have a therapist because I finished the book and I'm like, okay, hey, cool. It's out now. Like what? And my publishers are like, it's been two weeks. And I'm like, what well, should do other stuff? Like I should do <laughs> like immediately. I should start writing another one. Right. Yeah. And they're like, Working on the internet is like that. You're like on a wheel the whole time. And then it's like, you don't get to touch your stuff that you make because it's on the computer. Whereas a book, yeah. like, you can hold it and look mm-hmm. at it and you're like, I wrote all that stuff and that's cool. And it feels weird though to think of it that way. Really? Yeah. It's it's like, I almost like have disassociated myself where I'm like, I know that it is, I can hold it and it's mine, it's forever. And I, I'm proud of it and I love it, but I still don't think I understand what it, like I, it, it's still... Like people are like, you wrote a book. And I'm like, I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I just immediately want to start working on like another one or like mm-hmm. it, it's and like, I'm, I'm learning how to marinate a little bit. Whereas like where the internet, you write an essay. And then if you're still holding on to that two days later, like you need to have a word with yourself because, mm-hmm. um, it's time to continue to write. So, um, 
it's a, it's a strange growing process. It's a weird thing. Also, I think it would be weird if I was sitting here being like, yes, I did. I wrote a book and uh, like it, if I was <laughs> I knew how to do that, like I think yeah. it would be strange. What was your least favorite and favorite part of writing it, like the process of writing it? I will say I went into it, the like, kind of all ties in together. So there was like when I first got the deal and I started writing it, that was in January of 2017. And I had to basically, it was over the course of a year, I handed it like where the big edits were done, all of the drafts, et cetera. And you go in with such like overconfidence that it's embarrassing where you're like, well, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm amazing. Like, I'll, like I won't even have to edit this. And you hand in your first draft and they're like, good start. And you're like, oh, that's, <laughs> oh, I don't like how that sounds. <laughs> and then for me, I started taking on these topics that I hadn't really processed properly on my own. So, um, you end up having to go into like the chapter about death and the chapter about my hometown and some like mental health stuff and like the priest telling me to get a boner and that's a fun, <gasps> yeah, that was scary. fun, mm-hmm. fun times, everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't really processed those things in a, in a real way. So the book on the, the good side of things, it forced me to process them. Mm-hmm. The bad news was when you have not process something like that before it becomes a very painful process so you eventually have to like I mean I started going back to therapy again I was very honest with my editors who were so amazing they were my like turned into therapists and friends and mentors and like all of the wonderful things that you pray your editors will become but you have to learn that like you can't do it by yourself and you can't go into a book writing it for anyone but yourself and like at the end those are all really amazing things to come to the conclusion of but during that process it is the worst because you're like I'm vulnerable (laughs) it feels bad Mm -hmm. and because you want to write honestly but you also I for me I really I really didn't think that I was very cocky and then I quickly had the process be like, Oh, you feel cocky. Oh, do you want here? Feel the opposite. Enjoy this. Cause you also don't want to write something. I mean, I don't know. Readers don't owe me anything. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to tell a story, you have to tell it honestly and authentically because that's like, they're spending money to read your work. So like it better be fucking good and you better <laughs> not be a dick. So that's kind of like, it, it turns into being like, I'll make myself proud because I know that I put my whole heart into it. And then I can at least look in the mirror and be like, you were honest. But the process of that is like, here's the most painful memories. <laughs> Enjoy making them funny. Like, <laughs> it's very, it's weird. It's weird. You guys know what I mean? Like, you, you're, you get it. Like, you're, you do the same thing. I'd say it's really kind of hard because, like you said, you want to be as authentic as possible. But then you're also bringing, personal stuff into work which doesn't happen to a lot of people with normal jobs so then you're also like I have to do deadlines but then you are <coughs> like trying to meet these deadlines while re-traumatizing yourself about some stuff yeah I think I mean you make a choice like I didn't I of course you don't have to tell those stories mm-hmm. but then again you're like well, well then why am I doing this like why mm-hmm. would I like and I mean, I don't know if I believe in airing your trauma out just for other people's consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's certain things that I haven't written about. Like, I don't write about dating or anything really mm-hmm. in it because, well, there's really nothing to write home about. Um, 
it's also like a very everybody's like how many you don't need another dating memoir from me like i'm like mm. again i'm like one step under a fucking white straight man like we get it <laughs> <laughs> um and i think a lot of other writers do it very well and can do it in a really honest and beautiful way and i'm still pretty guarded in that realm so i know that it wouldn't be done as well mm-hmm. um and then there's other people's stories that like like there was a lot of family stuff going on over the last little while um where they're not my stories to tell though like i don't think i'll ever actually be able to write about a lot of it because it's doesn't belong to me do you know what i mean like oh yeah totally mm-hmm. yeah so like you do make choices it's not like you give away the farm but then you're like, well, I, the Catholicism thing, I have to tell him about the boner. All right, here we go. <laughs> uh, there we go. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thank there you so much yeah. Um, yeah. for coming back. It was great. Oh, my yeah, God. Thank really you. Good. Did I go on too much? I no, it's perfect. It's perfect. Event. Well, where can we find you online for people who You're wanna... standing outside of my window. I can see you right now. <laughs> <laughs> my um, eyes are like pressed up against the glass. You Claire could Danes just not just you were, come in. So. <laughs> Claire Danes and me followed you <laughs> to your house. Oh, good. Yeah. And she's really, and she's so pissed. I said she was serious. So this is yeah. great. This she's is actually a real laugh. A laugh. <laughs> oh, she's, and she's actually super fun and loves fun. So like, <laughs> that wasn't fucking cool. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm just Aunt Auntie Donahue. I keep it real. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm not original enough to have like a cool handle. It's like, I'm not that, I mean, I don't even do the Halloween name in Twitter because I get confused when I see other people do it. And then I'm like, who is that? Who am I following? I'm like an old person. Um, so we're learning a lot about me right now. I've been watching the Food Network straight for two weeks because it's comforting when the news has been so bad. So that's oh, been yeah. nice. Completely. Yeah. Jesus, hasn't it been the fucking worst? Oh my god! Yeah, I'm not. You, I mean, into you guys it. are. You, well, yeah. At least you. I mean, I don't. I'm that asshole that's like, I don't know what's going on over there, but but I do know that it's not what's happening over over you. I mean, Ontario. I guess with the climate stuff, every story says, but Canada will be okay. Canada will be the only habitable place left in fifty yeah. years. So I mean, you're kind of got you got a head start there. Yeah, really? The are they stuff. saying that? Yeah, they're yeah. actually saying that. That's where all the food will be grown in fifty years. Will be Canada, and that's where yeah. all, all the grass will be. So, oh, well, that's that. nice to know. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Um, well, you tickle me, enjoyed. I don't know. <laughs> that's very, it's very nice to know. Um, if we all don't like drown, it will be great. Yeah, <laughs> so that's nice. It's not um, like I think about that all the time. No, no, no. I mean, time isn't linear, it's fine. It's no. okay. Yeah. I'm having for it. Um, well, then, yeah, you can find me in Canada and you can find me on the internet. <laughs> And one day I'll visit Ireland and it'll be great. And yeah. then I'll make you do a podcast with me in person. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That'd I'd be, be like really them fun. apples. Yeah. Well, you guys are a dream. Thank you for like, it really meant a lot to be asked. So thank you so much. Oh, no. Thank you. We were so yeah. excited to have you back. Yeah. Thank oh, you. my God. Well, I'm obsessed with you. So, <laughs> and next time you take a cruise up here, come to Ontario. I'll tell Disney to do that. Yeah. I'll say, you yeah. have to go to Ontario. Call up Disney. And be yeah. like, hello, Disney. <laughs> They'll Solid. just be like, and from the cruise. <laughs> Yes, they'll know. Yeah. They'll know what's up. Yeah. Cool. Uh, oh, so that's our okay. show. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, um, Ellen had to go very quickly, but I'm still here. Uh, thanks again to Auntie Donahue. Um, as always, we're going to have her back a million times, probably, because she's great. Um, her book is excellent. Go buy it. It's out now. 
Um, thank you to Headstuff for having us. Thank you to Dee for our artwork. Go listen to Roast Chestnuts, the other podcast I do with Gene Sutton, because that's coming out next week. We're starting season two. It's going to be fun. We have Esther and Mordon who on our first episode, and it's a lot of fun. Good times. Good people. Good podcasts. Let's get, let's get deep. Uh, no, let's not. Goodbye. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.